Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you as always is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. I believe it's uh, 4th of July, um, so happy 4th to you. Um, tonight's guest I met a long time ago. So long, in fact, that the only thing I remember the first time was her smile and uh, how she made me feel. You know, um, she had such a great presence then. She has a great presence now. And um, like I just remember, like, any time like, we would be together, either in a class or in the hallway, it was just full of like, um, laughter, you know, and, um, we've maintained, um, contact, um, over the course of, you know, what, how many years we've been alive now, 90, 40, who knows. But, um, even coincidentally, a few years ago when I was doing some video stuff, I came across an amazing performance of hers. And we're going to talk about that later today because I'm pretty sure in a different alternate reality, she is a massive pop star somewhere and she's <laughs> singing to uh, 30,000 people somewhere where COVID doesn't even exist. But um, I'm super stoked that we um, can bring her on the show and chat. Um, with that being said, um, let me pin this. Please welcome to the show, Amber. Amber Fisher was her name back in the day, but her new last name is, can you help me with the pronunciation? Because I didn't want to mess it up. It's hyphenated. Fisher Brown. Okay, cool. Yes. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How are you? I'm good. I was listening to your introduction. I had no idea who you were talking about because, wow, I've never been introduced that way. <laughs> yeah, I do that um, to people I like, you know? <laughs> oh, I do that every day, like, like post-COVID now, just to make me feel better. So that was amazing. Thank you for that. Isn't it strange? I mean, like how in the course of like seven days, everything changed with COVID. Like I felt like last week, you know, and this is airing uh, the week of uh, the weekend of July 4th, mm -hmm. like the week before I was like, oh, I can't wait to go see some people. We're entering the green zone. And just like that, boom, here we are again. And there's mask orders. And I just came from the grocery store and it's like, you know, it's just a weird scene. How have you been coping with it? Um, it's, it's interesting. I do not like, the freedom or the perceived freedom that I think people have with the color green. Um, I went on the trail this morning. I had my mask. A lot of people didn't have their mask, but I guess like when you're outside, you don't really need one. But just um, I like the feeling of in the middle of the pandemic where they had, you know, you could only walk up this aisle and then come down this aisle and then section it off six feet. And then you had like a a greeter telling you to wait and come on over here and this whole free for all now that uh that is happening now I'm not necessarily it's it's I wouldn't say it's giving me anxiety but it's more like because we don't know so much about what's going on with this virus I kind of like the extra layer of people paying attention to what other people were doing so that we're all safe so the one of the things that's so crazy to me is that I never thought in a million years that like you know first off this would ever happen but with the, the knowledge of it actually happening, that there would be such animosity within the United States of America because of wearing a mask. Like, how did, like, hey, can you put on a mask to protect us become you're infringing upon my American rights? Like, that to me is just... I find it so, it's, it's strange, really, because it's not as if, and I always look for, like, you know, the logic of it. So I understand, like, I... I don't remember people getting this freaked out when they decided to put cameras everywhere and people were taking pictures. Like people were not that freaked out when all the NSA came out as they were spying on us. I think a faction of us were freaked out, but this level of like, you can't tell me what to put on my face when <laughs> there's so much other things happening. Like people are in our emails, people are watching our Zoom calls, TikTok is being infiltrated. There's not a lot of talk happening about that, but- I'm recording. But a mask on your face is like, you know, it's like the worst thing ever. Very bizarre to me. Sorry about that. My family doesn't realize that I'm a podcast host and I'm doing a show here, you know? It's real life. It's okay. But um, it is real life. Yeah, it's so, such a strange thing because so many people are upset about putting on a mask, you know? And like, I've seen the videos and it's just like, 
I don't know. I, I actually enjoy wearing a mask because it's like I can get my grocery shopping done really quick and not run into former students, parents, former students, friends that I don't feel like chatting with, you know? Like I used to go to the grocery store and it would take like upwards of over an hour. I went there this morning. I was in and out in 35 minutes. So it's like, boom, we're out. But, you know, it's, it's scary that, um, I mean, obviously with no um, vaccine, you know, they keep saying, oh, it'll be here the end of 2020, 2021. And then, you know, hearing stuff like remdesivir being, you know, $3,500 for somebody to get that treatment in a hospital, you can't help but to be discouraged. And it's just, I mean, for me, it's like, it's, it's not that hard to put, like so many people right now are probably suffering with the fact that it's 4th of July and they're so excited to, you know, be with their friends and family, but it's like, you can wait, you know, we may not be here in another year if y'all can't stop, you know doing this like you know congregating and breathing on one another and like going to a bar and like here's one thing too that like i really didn't get a chance to talk about on my show so much per se but it's like you know like i read a lot of stuff on facebook about people being like i can't wait to go out and get pampered and i can't wait to go out and get you know waited on at a restaurant and stuff and i'm just like yo learn to cook you know what i mean like i'd yeah. rather i'd rather cook my food then go out to eat now because I, I gotta believe you know after years of the training in the culinary arts that my food tastes better than going out how do you, you feel about that you remember you having a culinary arts i have this image in my head didn't you have a um i'm sorry i'm getting sidetracked of a memory that i didn't remember or recall until just now you had a um i guess this one of the chef um i don't know what they're called but didn't you have a picture where you wore like a chef get up or some sort it's all white it's got buttons don't look at me like i'm crazy no no no. i'm trying to think i'm trying to think you know they're no i mean what i do know though is that first off i mean i i remember taking classes with uh dr duncan i remember taking classes um it was called home economics and yes. that has since been completely um Yes, in the middle school, there were you would have to wear those little jackets, if you recall. There was like a closet against the far wall, and uh, you each were assigned like an apron or like a like a chef's suit or something like that. And I yeah. think we might have been in the same class. I that, I took home economics, but I didn't have to wear I didn't have to wear anything. So I did. Um, we sewed. I remember making the drawstring backpack and the tie and like ambrosia. Who yep. had thought of ambrosia and then like the big culminating thing of the huge uh chocolate chip cookie circle i remember that yeah and you know it's a shame that they stopped they actually stopped teaching home economics and it's like you know that's a, that's a course right now that this generation really needed you know now you're all home you know what i mean and you yeah. ripped your clothes and shit you don't know how to sew you're out of, you're out of luck you know who do you go do yeah um but yeah, I, uh, I I enjoyed those classes, and the the true true matter of um, where I start cooking was um, when my wife got pregnant. She was just too tired to do stuff, and I was just like, "Well, I gotta learn how to do this. I gotta step this up." So about four years ago, I started doing like uh, I think I started off with the Blue Apron stuff and learning that way, and just got familiar with recipes and like how to actually, you know, uh, apply myself in the kitchen. So I mean, that was you know stretch but i mean that's just the thing i was trying to say is just like you know if you're somebody who's struggling because you eat all your meals out during covid19 usually you you would probably you know get grubhub or go out to eat or something yeah get a youtube video and learn how to cook something instead of like risking your lives in the you know the whole community like i took a walk through country hawking the other day with mickey and i was just shocked at how like you know everybody's sitting outside yeah. and they're not they're not six feet of apart they're not they're they're breathing on each other this the waiting staff all they're all wearing masks and they're all struggling to breathe you know and i get it businesses have to stay open but it's just unfortunate that there is no type of like true bailout for like this type of situation because it's never happened before you know right right i was telling my kids the other day i have a 14 and a 16 year old and it's really interesting to get their take on it considering that they're my kids mm -hmm. and uh I forget where we were, but we drove past. We haven't been going to Whole Foods up on my end. Um, and there's this restaurant that has, um, it's like outdoor seating, but it's not outdoor seating. They just opened up like the side pavilion of it up and it's just open. And we're looking and people are laughing and joking. Nobody's wearing a mask. Everybody's just kind of clustered around each other. And uh, it's funny, my, my, my CEO, he laughs at me because I always say to him, outside is not open. 
I don't care what they say, <laughs> but yeah. outside is not open. I said, and my kids and I were talking. I said, you know what? You know, I, I, I don't have a desire to go out to eat to a restaurant that badly. Um, if I want to change the scenery, I'll go eat outside or I'll eat in, <laughs> I'll eat in my backyard for a dinner, or I'll eat in this corner of the yard. And then when I get tired of that, I'll come back in the house. Like it's not, it's it's not worth it, like you said, to to put a lot of people in jeopardy, especially when people are, you could have it and then you don't have any symptoms. So you could just kind of be infecting everything and everyone around you simply because you want to go have a hamburger or yeah. some fufu pizza. <laughs> right. it, it, it's really, I mean, like if you like dig deeper into the surface of like what it really is, it's like, um, I mean what is it about that type of dopamine thing that humans find so attractive to the fact that like, well, I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to sit here and be waited on, or I can't wait to get my hair dyed or I can't wait to get a manicure or a pedicure or like what, like well, there was a moment in time in the evolution of humans where that became something that was like, you know what I'm saying? Like it became something that society just took in. It was just like, Oh yeah, we're, we're supposed to pamper each other. And it's like, Back in the day, like you were worried about whether you're going to freeze to death at night. You know what I mean? Like not whether or not you're going to get dessert with your meal, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I understand the desire to go out to kind of, I guess, beautify yourself. But I, I, I can't wrap my head around. Yeah, but, but Amber, can't you learn how to dye your hair? You know, you could do that on YouTube I too, right? I dye my hair. When I, when I, you know, I've highlighted my hair before. I, I have, um one of those uh, those spa baths, those spa foot baths. So I do all of that stuff at home because I'm cheap. I don't like spending money. I'd rather do it myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with like COVID. But I also think that there's like this, I, I can't wrap my head around like the, the I, don't, I don't think it's anything malicious, but I don't really understand why there's no desire to figure it out yourself. Like you want to have a pedicure, well, you can go get a $20 or $15 foot spa, get the Epsom salt, get the same stuff that they do at the, you know, at the nailery. You do it in your kitchen or in your bathroom, yeah. wherever you have space and you figure it out and then you just do it. You want to have a, want to dye your hair? Okay, fine. I saw a lot of people cutting their hair in the middle of the paint or the, the quarantine rather. Did they come out well? No, but it's strong and error. Just kind of figure it out so that in the event that we are locked down again, you know, you still look good, but you also acquired like a rudimentary type of skill to kind of take care of yourself. I don't, I don't really understand why there's such a, I, I can't even articulate what it is. Cause it's, it's, it's like, there is no desire to kind of figure it out, like figure out yeah. how to do this thing. Even if it's planting food, I planted potatoes in March, the rabbits took them. We planted, um, we were growing uh, lettuces all around the house. Um, tried to plant them. The rabbits took them because I, I live in the woods. Um, so there's a lot of things that we were kind of compelled to do. I started knitting again. So there's like a whole blanket's worth of just yarn stitched together because it was like, I knew how to do it. Let's just do it. Yeah. I don't know if that desire is in everyone. No, it's um, not. Yeah. Figure it out, you know, and then fail, fail forward, figure out what you did wrong and then yeah. go re I do it again so that it's an even better product no matter what it is. I, d I don't understand it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just like something that's like not being discussed. Like, I mean, I get it that the restaurants and like these like salons, they need to, they need to make money. Right. And um, it's unfortunate that like the way that the system is like set up is that, you know, you got to pay rent, you got to pay, you know, this, that, whatever, you got to pay your staff and there's just no way around it. But I mean, like, that's just the thing is that, you know, this was unexpected. Um, and you know, from what I gather, I mean, like it, it's really, I mean, I don't have the statistics in front of me because I wasn't prepared for class today, but, uh, I mean, like it's, it's astonishing how many cases there are in the United States of America versus other places in the world. And it really comes down to the fact that, I mean, like, well, we're talking about like these, like these unnecessary risks we're willing to take for the entertainment or the, uh, you know, how we pamper ourselves, you know? And like, you know, when they initially said, hey, we're quarantining, I was quarantining. I was quarantining with my son, wife, you know what I mean? Like my parents would come to the window and stuff like that. And then, you know, it just, I mean, it went on for so long and just like the days blended together. And, you know, I mean, one of the things though that I was, you know, I, I mean, I'll never forget this year. A lot of people won't forget this year for the rest of their lives. And like, you know, in 2020, you know, we had COVID and then, you know, there was this, this one, you know, 
moment in time, and this has been going on a really long time, but it, it happened at a, a time where the people were just, they were ready to, to stand up and do something about it. I'm talking about the death of uh, George Floyd. And it's like, I was telling my friend the other day, like I was so like scared of like COVID and I was so scared of like um, coronavirus to the point where like, you know, a lot of, I mean, even my neighbors or my peers would make fun of me about it, you know, but like there was something about when, you know, the, um, the protests start happening on the streets and the black lives matters movement and stuff. And all these people like out there doing their thing. And like, even with the, the like doing these protests, even with the idea that they could potentially get sick from this virus mm -hmm. was such an uplifting thing for me to see because it showed that yes, the human spirit is alive and a lot of people want equality and they want it now and they're willing to risk their lives. And like there's so many young people were out there, you know, and then, you know, a lot of people were like, you know, upset. And I just read a statistic recently that said most of these um, protests, nobody got sick because they were all wearing masks, which is amazing. But I mean, like this has been going on a really, really long time. And you and I are both in education. And uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things going on right now as far as, you know, um, you know, um, imposing change, you know, defunding the police, whether, you know, Chaz in Seattle, um, taking down these statues that have uh, been around for, you know, for a long time that mean pe something to somebody, but necessarily, you know, like there's a lot of opposition with that. I'm more interested in like, you know, how do we educate people about this? And like, I was just curious as to like, since you're an esteemed, you know, educator in, in your own right, how do we start the process of opening up the dialogue? Because if you recall, I mean, I think I posted something a while ago. I didn't learn about slavery in the United States of America well into my adolescent years, you know, like I, I was like, what, what happened? Holy shit. Like for real, yeah. what can we do now? You know, like taking down a statue is one thing, but what can we do to seriously make change here in our country? It, that is such an interesting question. And I think it, it all depends on who is the person asking the question? Like, I know you, I've known you since the seventh grade. Um, I think that, you know, when it comes down to, to it all depends on the topic, actually, because there's so many different streams of, 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 of themes, rather, that are happening at this point in time when it yeah. comes down to just race relations in this country. Like, you really have to pick like, what is it that you want to talk about? When we're talking about race relations, you get into, you know, um, you know, people in our government saying that systemic racism doesn't exist and we all know that it exists. Or we can get down to the nitty gritty, the granular things with the mindset of what would provoke someone to, you know, just call the police simply because they're doing something regular. Like, there's so many different strands of thought that I think that you know, someone can latch on to um, mm. just to kind of expand their thinking and figure out their space when it comes down to kind of navigating all of this. It all depends on what it is that you decide to key on as a person that um, isn't necessarily having it happen to, if that makes any sense. All of a sudden, I, I'm not articulate. But no, it's okay. I, yeah. I, it's a, well, I mean, it's very interesting you say that though, Anne, because there's many different facets to this as, as, mm -hmm. as how to approach it. Um, I would like, you, you were mentioning like, you know, um, how people just think that systematic racism in this country doesn't exist. And it's like, yeah, like what, you know, like, yeah, that's, you know, it's very, I, I just can't, I, I, first off, I can't understand just from a, you know, a humanistic point of view, how anybody could have hate in their heart or soul or, you know, just hate in general is just such a terrible way of living your life. Like you are literally living with anger. You're living with, you know, um, just all this basically insecurity about yourself because you're not willing to get to know somebody that may be, you know, from a different race, background, cultural, you know, and like, it's just like, don't you realize that like we're all connected and like, look, some people ain't ever going to get that way just because, you know, because of systematic racism here in America. And the thing that sucks is that the systematic racism goes on in white communities and somebody, you know, could hear it and not stand up to it because they're like, oh, well, that's just the way 
you know, Grandpa Joe is. He's just racist. You know what I mean? But like people don't correct him. And it's like, look, I'm I'm telling you that because I would hear that growing up too as well. You know, like, you know, um, within like, you know, like family, friends and stuff like that. I used to come across some, some racist stuff and be like, what, dude? And like, you know, I got to be honest, like one of the, the, like alongside of like, you know, the mass thing, one of the things that I could not believe and I still to this day can't believe is how many of my friends on Facebook were like these like uh were just racist you know like and trying to like hide their racism with these like insensitive cute like status updates like um some somebody was writing some shit like the other day like um uh something about like um Colin Kaepernick and like how like he doesn't deserve like it, there's just so much there and like some people I was shocked and like for a while there I mean there's one day I think you saw I was posting like I, 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 I didn't know what to do. It was like either like I educate them or I just block them. And it's just like, I could not believe how many people whom I thought I knew. And like, look, some of these people were going to be guests on my show. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to them anymore because of some of the shit they wrote. I mean, like, I mean, like in general, like I saw somebody, um, you know, it was making comments. Can somebody please explain to me this master bedroom thing? I don't get it. And it's like, you didn't need to write that on Facebook. You know what I mean? You didn't need to open up the conversation with this like type of candid, you know, um, the way that he was presenting it, it was just like, look, this isn't the place for it. You know what it means. You know what right. I mean? Right. But like, you know, then like people saying stuff like, you know, well, all lives matter. And it's just like, Jesus, do you not get the message that's going on? Like, I don't remember if I, if I responded to you, but um, like one of my best friends, he's a, he's a white man. and you know, he and I, we talk a lot about this. And I said to him, it's one of those things where you kind of, as a black person, you have to take a step back and go, listen, this isn't new. This has been going on, you know, throughout my lifetime. This has been going on throughout my parents' lifetime and their parents and so on and so forth. So I remember saying to him, you know, like, it's not my place as a black person to educate you as to what's going on at this point, because there's so much information out there. Um, it all, and like I said, I think it all depends on like your relationship with that person that you're talking about or talking to rather. But yeah. as it goes to like, just the police brutality to the redlining that is happening in our community, to the food deserts, to the environmental racism. There's so much literature and there's so much information out there that if you really were interested, and I'm not saying you, I'm just saying in general. I know what you mean. Yeah. Anybody was really interested in learning about any particular topic, the internet is right there. Just research it, find a good you know, source and read up on it. Um, it's the same thing I, like we're cooking, Amber. Just look it up for Christ's sake. Learn so it. Back to our previous point where if you don't have a desire to go out and learn about it so that mm -hmm. you can become a better person, you're not going to. And this yeah. is no different than that. So I think that, and, and it's funny where the George Floyd um, um, murder that we saw also on camera, right? It happened, it, there were like three things that happened because we were home. And I, and I had this conversation I think was one of my, I think was my middle brother, Greg. And I said, um, you know, I think that people were very much outraged because we're all kind of home and just looking at the internet. Everybody's on Instagram because there's nothing else to do. You're tired of watching the news and seeing the COVID numbers rise. And so if you remember that, that week was sparked off by everybody being upset about Ahmaud Arbery being mm -hmm. shot and jogging and all of that stuff. We were all very much yeah. like, what in the world? Like, what? And then it was the, the lady in Central Park who mm -hmm. called the cops on the bird. And then 24 to 36 hours later is George Floyd. So it was kind of like, you know, the universe is trying to get people's attention on this particular situation. It's like, no. This happened, this happened, this happened. Now you cannot deny that there's something seriously wrong, you know, on this planet, on this planet of existence with how people deal with African-Americans. You can't deny it anymore because you saw it on camera. You, there are some people who did, and, and I've never, and I've heard about this before where people have, um, where there's like PTSD from just being an African-American living in the country. and it wasn't until I saw the 
Ahmad's death, and then it was Brianna, and then it was uh, George Floyd, and then there was three or four others that had happened, and then you're hearing people just speak about, I've never heard people try to justify the death of another human being before. Yeah. well, I I had heard that too from um you know I I I had seen uh, on the internet people being like well George Floyd in two thousand eight or nine was in jail and that you know it's like well does that mean that he deserved to lose his life because he went to jail and like look the thing is too is like with like um everybody loves the story of redemption you know sometimes you do bad things in life and then you can fix yourself and you can try to inspire other people to do better and that's I, I just couldn't believe that somebody was trying to justify losing your life because some police officer had their knee on your neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, well, not even pre- just that. Yeah. Even when Ahmad was jogging, he was jogging. And then you heard people commenting yep. he could to just answer that question. Well, why should these people are yeah. strangers? He doesn't have to answer to anybody that he doesn't know. Yep. So why, but then like, if you want to go back into the history of it, that goes back to the whole mindset of like, you know, when a white person spoke to you, you had to basically answer to them or it was a situation. Yeah. I, I, my father-in-law or my ex-father, he's going to always be my father-in-law. I love him to pieces. But my father-in-law was in his 90s and he would tell me stories about how, you know, growing up in the 20s and 30s, you know, how he could not stand on the sidewalk. If there was a white person or a white couple or anybody white, he had to get off of the sidewalk and they would call him boy as a grown man so that even though people are like oh no i don't i don't think that way i don't act that way well if you're around people who grew up with that particular mindset some of that um some of those norms are going to filter to you so that that mindset of well he should have just said where he was going no he doesn't have to we're not in the 20s we're not in the 30s he doesn't have to even respond to you if you say hello because he doesn't have to. This man was jogging. He was minding his business. Yeah. He doesn't owe you anything except, like, not to bother you. And he wasn't bothering anybody. And to hear people literally say, well, had he just said where he was going, he would have been alive. Well, no. Yeah. Like, that's, no. like, the fear yeah. that all of us live every day. I could go outside right now, you know, anywhere in this country with my black son and if somebody just decided they wanted to call the scene, if I'd raise my voice or if he gestures too wildly, we're in Florida, stand your ground, somebody could shoot us. We could be up here in Pennsylvania. It could be a whole situation depending on what area, you know, of the county that I'm, that I'm in that, like, it, it, it gets a little bit tangled, you know, simply because I wasn't a docile, meek, African-American, yes, sir, no ma'am type of situation. Mm-hmm. It's not... And, and to top all that, to have to relive that every single day with other people who have had negative encounters, not just with police, but just with people in general, it literally is a, it does something to how you interact yes. with yeah. other people that you don't know. I'm always on guard when I'm with my kids. I'm always on guard when I'm by myself. Like I have like straight, I'm, I, I'm called a face maker at work, but like I literally just have a, what is it that yeah. you want? What do you need? Mm-hmm. And please stop talking to me because there's always an agenda with people. And I, the minute that I'm not on guard could be the time that something happens and then my kids don't have a mom. You know? Yeah, that, that's unfortunate. You know, that shouldn't happen. Uh, last, I think my last episode of the Bobcast, my friend Kevin was on and he was telling a story. Um, you can listen to it. Um, it's the episode just before terrible story about how he was chased down off the highway um, in a truck with a bunch of, um, you know, guys with Confederate flag just because they didn't like him and they didn't like the fact that he was in charge of a work site that, you know, was down there, I believe, you know, down south somewhere. And it's just, it's, it's just terrible. And like the other thing too is like, you know, I mean, like he, he didn't stop on the road for them too. And then like, I remember like a couple of days later, like, well, here's footage of him, like going through this house in construction. Do you know how many times like Drew, myself and other friends of mine would go into like houses that were being built or abandoned houses. And like, that's just what you do when you're a kid. You know what I mean? Like you go and you look at shit, like I, I, I can't imagine what it's like and I never will. And like, it just, it's unfortunate too. Cause it's like, I've been in a classroom before where, you know, I could feel 
I could feel how, um, you know, a, a particular student felt because of the color of his skin and the way that his peers would treat him. And it just, it just was a terrible thing. And like, you know, like, like it, it's like not so much like what they would say, but what they would exclude him from, or like, you know, like, and it's just terrible. And it's just like, I hope, and I pray that like the, the events that have trans transpired continue. And that's one of the things I want to chat about too. It's just like, I'm so disappointed in um, the news. The news is back to COVID 24 seven now. Like I watch good morning America and like all week, I didn't hear anything. Like for the one second, about eight to nine o'clock, I listened to it in the morning. I didn't hear anything about anything going on in the country. I had to use Instagram to find out about stuff. I had to use Facebook to find out about stuff. On July 7th, um, I just learned that there's going to be like a, it's like a blackout day where like nobody buys anything. Like that's not on the news, you know? And like, I, I can't stand that, that it's like, our news cycle just goes in and out of what is, you know, convenient for them for ratings. And it's like, there's so much going on in our country right now. And there's continued protests each day. And I just, you know, I want it to continue and I want that reform to actually happen. And I want like mothers out there to like, not like you were saying, like, you know, not worry about letting your guard down, you know, cause it's just not fair. Like we're all put on this planet for a reason. You know what I mean? We're only here for a little bit of time. And I can't imagine that if you spend a lot of your life hating on somebody that you're going to be rewarded for it wherever you're going next. They're not going to be like, Hey, by the way, all that racist shit that you said, you know, we're going to give you uh, you know, an extent, like uh, upgrade your condo here in heaven. It ain't going to happen. You're going to be going straight to hell. You know what I mean? Like, because I just can't understand how people can have that much, anger inside them that and then like for them to um contagiously spread that infection to their kids you know like to to allow them to to feel you know what they feel is just insane and that happens a lot here in america i mean it's crazy man uh, it was crazy too to me like how many people like i thought that were like on the level of being um like an activist you know or like uh, somebody who um you know supports the human race zip not saying anything on social media and it's like that's what social media is for social media is not for you to tell me where you got pampered at and where you got your nails done or where you got your hair dyed or what you know online concert you're going to watch that night it's for the spread of information right. and a lot of times you just don't i was shocked certain people i was just like what like you have this like enormous platform and you're not saying anything about this like and I'll say it right now, like here on the show, I used to work with downtown Harvest quite a bit with uh, 93.3 WMMR. Uh, we did a bunch of concerts and shows with them and um, notwithstanding with the people who, who work there, but the corporate conglomerate known as MMR, when they posted their statement regarding um, what was going on in America, when all the protests were happening, not once did they mention the words black lives matter. Like they didn't say anything about that. And it was so like cookie cutter down to the fact that, I'm never going to work with them again because I was just so appalled by that being like, really? Like you couldn't actually just say the words like, it, well, it, you, know what, you know, a lot of us, you know, a lot of my you know, people that I speak to are work black, even though I have a whole hodgepodge of people that I'm very close to, you know, we're, we're looking at this from a lens of like, we got all these corporations now coming out and standing you know back and saying you know what we're against this we're against that and we stand with blah 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 well that's just lip service so what are you going to do what's your policies what are you how are you going to change things from the inside you know when we saw you know all of the the aunt jemima things being changed i think they pulled an episode of the golden girls which is actually a funny episode of with the don golden Cheadle. Yeah, yeah, well, no, that was the Golden Palace. I don't even know. Well, I was a stay-at-home mom, so I watched it. Yeah, but they shouldn't have pulled it because there was such a, there was there was this this aha moment with Blanche at the end of the episode where she's like, I think one of her friends came in and um, Don Tito's uh, his um, character was being very sarcastic about yes, ma'am, yes, sir. She, he was being very sarcastic, and another one of like Blanche's friends was like, oh, that's a good one implying that he was a good black person because of how docile he was. And then it was just like this aha moment, like that's why he is not for this particular flag. You know, I, I think that some of it, and I, as a black person, 
I'm looking at it going, I don't know if you're doing this because you know that we are the biggest consumers in America. We generate or we um, spend about $3 trillion a year. So you're trying to make sure that our dollars continue onto your organization. Or do you fundamentally as an organization really believe what you just put out? Exactly. So, and that's also a really bad space to, as a, as a black person, because your words sound really good, but then I'm just like, Six months from now, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you gonna do? Like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do six months from now? Like, I understand the whole Aunt Jemima situation and the Uncle Ben situation, and then there was something else that they did too. And it's just like nobody asked you for all that. We're asking for, you know, a, a fair seat at the table. I made a comment on somebody's um, Instagram page yesterday where, um, what was it? It was a screenshot of uh, Snoopy. It was uh, Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. So I don't know if you remember where Charlie Brown made, was a Snoopy. Somebody made a, a, the dish where they're popping the popcorn and they yes. got the beans. So they're sitting at the table and Franklin mm-hmm. is sitting by himself. And Franklin is the only black friend. And Franklin is sitting at the table, but his seat is a foldable. It's not a real chair. He's at the table. And I just made this real... Most people would not pay attention to it, but as a black person, you key in on everything yeah. that's black. Like, well, there's no black people or there's one black person. Let me find out what's going on. But I've made a comment like, okay, so if you're going to redo everything, make sure that Franklin has some other black friends and make sure he has a real seat at the table. And that's kind of like a metaphor as to where we are in this country. Like, yeah, you're doing all this lip service, but are you really going to make sure yeah. that we have a seat at the table when it comes to making sure that you know, we're, we're represented fairly in different organizations, making sure that there are no stereotypes being perpetuated in your programming, making sure that, you know, you stand up when you're seeing things that look a little off. And even if it may not be off, you know, with the Bubba, I don't know what the man's, Bubba Smith, the NASCAR guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know story. people are like, oh, it's like the, you know, it was a false thing. And I'm like, yeah. no, saw news, he didn't see it. You want to err on the side of caution in this particular space because you just don't know. Yeah. Um, it's a um it's a it's a it's a weird space that like I said, it's kind of that on guard thing. You don't know the hidden agendas with everything and everybody that's speaking out. And then you just have to wait three months and go, eh, I knew it was just I, I knew you were just doing it to make us feel better. You had no intention yeah. of doing anything. And that's that's just the worst because it's like words are words, actions are actions, you know, and it's like somebody was I, I just I find that, that type of Yes, it's great that we're taking down the statutes. It's great that we're, you know, making these um, uh, consumer um, profiles more, you know, accurate towards like, you know, like what the product should be and not in steeped in systematic racism. But it's like people need to do more than that. They need to do more work to allow, you know, and like it's just it, it blows me away. It just blows me away. And it's just like one of the most difficult things in the world is to is to see it around you, you know, and like. I just, it's, I mean, it's so upsetting and it's like, um, I know like a lot of, a lot of my friends who are like, you know, trying everything they can and like trying to get the word out, trying to continue the protests, um, you know, setting up events and stuff like that, doing, um, online concerts and contributing their money and stuff like that. But it's like, it also sucks that the president of the United States, you know, posts and retweets like racist shit, you know, and it's just like, I was saying this to like um, a family uh, member the other day. It's just like, you really think Trump like gives a shit about those people? He doesn't. He cares about winning and winning alone. Like when he was a billionaire and working at the Taj Mahal and the Trump Plaza, you really think he gave a shit about the people like uh, down south? Like he didn't. No, he's somebody who wants, he has his own agenda. And it's just very upsetting to me that in our government, we have allowed these, these, these men to, I mean, like, come into play and to, you know, it's just, it's so, like, not real. You know what I mean? Like, Joe Biden, like, I just saw a new commercial of Joe Biden, like, going to be, like, and it's, like, completely centered on the fact that he's going to make sure that, like, Black Lives Matter. Well, why are you doing it now, Joe? You spent your entire life, you know what I mean? Like, what did you do, like, that was different, you know? Like, and, like, politicians do that a lot. They switch who they were one week with the next week, you know? Like, oh, wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. You know what I mean? I just want somebody who's straight to the point, be like, look, this is the United States of America. And also, too, like, while we're at it, since we're both educators here, there ain't nothing united about the fact that federal and state law are different across the board. The word united means that we're all hanging out together, you know? 
not it, following yeah. different laws all around the place and shit. You know what I mean? Like that makes no sense. And you know what? A lot of people don't even know that. They have no clue that federal and state law are different. And they probably even know what federal is versus state. But hey, yeah. like we said, this whole podcast, learn it. Go and Google that right now. You know, you and want to learn it. Most people do not want to take that, that extra step and kind of, uh, you know, synthesize information and process it and then mm-hmm. weigh it, seek it and then find something else that, you know, contradicts it, that you can weigh your options to figure out what's going on. That, that requires a lot of yeah. brain power, but a lot of people may not want to expend on anything that doesn't revolve swiping left or right. It's odd to me that that occurs because I enjoy learning still at age 40. I mean, you know, I, whether it be a documentary or something like a, right before I go to bed, like I like to read stuff. and. Uh, uh, did you hear me? No. I cannot believe we're only 40. I know. I am 40 now. Well, you're older than I. Are you, well, you're still 29, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. I will be 29 until, I don't know. But, yeah. Well, it's very odd that, um, you know, um, it's weird because, like, I have these moments of, like, uh, clarity from my youth where I'm like, this is going to last forever, man. You know, I'm going to be 24 forever, man. I'm going to live this life. <laughs> but, you know, I mean... That's just the the testament towards life is the passage through time and like how you, you, um, I mean, in 10 years time, I'll be 50 and 20, I'll be 60, 20 years ago, I was 20. Stop. Can you stop? Can we just be 40? Let's just be in the moment. Let's just be 40. Well, I mean, if the way things are 2020, yeah, we're going to be 40 forever because we got, (laughs) I mean, like we got so much crazy shit going on. We had this like dust storm come in. Um, I'm reading now. The locust. The locust. Yep. Yeah. So last night here, last night here at my house, we're cu- we're coming in from the pool, and uh, um, I get my son out of the pool, and he's in his towel, and I'm in the back bedroom, like uh, getting his clothes like organized, and he opens up the back door, right? He's like, "Daddy, we forgot something." I'm like, "Shut the door!" He must have let in like five to six different flies, and all of a sudden, all these flies are in my face. I'm like, "That's it. This is it. This is the apocalypse. Here they are. You know, they're bringing it in." But I mean, like, I gotta be honest though. If today, if somebody said to to us today hey you better get your your things in order because you got you know six months to live a lot of people wouldn't be able to handle that and there was this whole conspiracy uh a few months ago that well actually it wasn't a conspiracy there was an asteroid that passed through um our um orbit which was like 15 million miles away which is pretty close in space terms and um they think that covid was just a way to get everybody inside to minimize the the risk if the asteroid actually did hit I read oh that. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, it's uh, I did a podcast just below here. It's a, a picture of an asteroid. I think it's called Asteroid Boys, and we chatted about that. How like, I mean, that's a possibility too. It's like, look, we always, you know, we never thought in a million years that you know we'd be walking into giant and seeing people wearing masks, but we never thought in a million years that an asteroid could come and hit us and knock us out of, you know, orbit with the sun. And yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like, you better get your house in order and you better treat people with respect because I'm pretty certain. That wherever we're going next, even if you think it's the, the heaven version of the King of Prussia Mall or something like that, you're not <laughs> going to get into that mall because you've had hate in your heart. You know, right, right. you want to let song into your heart. And that's my transition to our last topic today. So, like, I found this footage of you singing back in the day and uh, it brought me back. Like, do you, my question is, do you still sing? I do not. I mean, I do around the house. But mm-hmm. not as so, much as I So that's singing then. You're singing around the house is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you're still Yeah, so I sing around the house. But it's interesting. I when I when I was a stay at home mom and um for I think like seven years, I think. Mm-hmm. And um my, my ex husband had a funeral home. Like he played the bass at a funeral home. I was a minister of, of worship at the church that he played at. So I sang all the time. And then when I got into teaching, um it's something where you're you're speaking at a regular, you know, normal back and forth, maybe six inches where you're having a conversation, but then you get in front of a classroom full of students and then you're projecting your voice all day long. <laughs> and that I was not prepared for how that like strips. I was course the third, fourth week of September every single year for several years, where it got to the point where I I mean I can't. I can't even do it. So then I was just singing at funerals and which is really depressing and then kind of like got out of that loop the, the deeper I got into education and raising the kids. But it's funny, both of my kids sing. So that's good. Like, 
they take it over and I'm like, okay. Y'all, you guys I met both your kids. Uh, I think it might have been a year ago at Whole Foods when the world was still okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I spend all the time at Whole Foods though. So. Yeah, I I uh, actually went there not too long ago, not to get back to the mask thing, man. But I saw this one cat, and he owns his own restaurant. I'll just let you know. I'm not gonna say his name, but it's a vegan restaurant, so you can, might be able to figure it out if you're a local uh, aficionado, food aficionado. This dude ain't wearing a mask because he thinks he's touched by God because he's on this vegan diet. Let me tell you something, dog. Put the mask on. Back to the singing real quick. You were. <laughs> I, I just put the mask on. And like the thing was the Whole Food employees were talking to him like, oh, he's cool because he, you know, consumes enough beet juice to, you know, <laughs> vaccinate a whole city or something. But like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. They're, oh, that's, he's, he's here. I'm not going to say his name. But um, yeah, I remember you singing at that talent show. And I remember um, being like after I, I mean when I found the footage I was I was surprised at how good you were but I remember being in the audience that night and being like wow she really like rocks you know and um what show was this I don't remember is it the last one was it our last one no it's life? it's 96 or something like that okay. I posted on your Facebook yeah 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 I do I yeah. do have that I do I have that one and then do I you remember the song that you sang no, I re I remember the very last song that I sang, the last talent. Which song. one was that? I, I think what it was Riding Through the Storm. It was a it was a gospel song. Yeah. And I didn't win, but it was either I think it was Judah. Judah. It was somebody's band that yeah. got first place, but then they were like, "We shouldn't have won this. Ever should have gotten it." And then they gave me the trophy. I don't know if that was your band. Oh my God! I was there. No, I wasn't. It wasn't my band, but that was Judah's band called Phaser. I remember that. Yeah, I have the the the. It's funny because the trophy used to sit. My mom passed away two years ago, but where my mother's ashes are at my my parents' house, the trophy sat there for uh -huh. years because he's like, um, no, this belongs to you, and I'm like, you don't have to. Do that. I was just like, all right, this is my last little farewell, whatever for PW, and that mm -hmm. was it. But I thought that was the coolest thing that he did. That um, yeah, yeah. And then my daughter was like, oh, my God, you know, dude. I was like, I don't know him, though. We went to high school together. So we had such a, um, like, I'm very fond of, uh, when I look back at my experience in the 90s in general, but my experiences to, like, what my high school experience was like, you know? I mean, like, it was just, like, I don't remember much of, um, it seemed like we were just living our lives the best we could. And, like, you know, I think things really set off, like, after we graduated in 1999, um, that was Columbine, uh, and that's that from 1999 until present day. I feel like everything kind of like went crazy, you know. Like, but at PW, we had a great time. It's funny because um, my son. Well, well I have to stop you there because that's one of the tale of two schools. Because um, you know, as as great as PW was, you know, as yeah, far as educating, I know, yeah. it was like the other side of that coin was depending on who you knew and who you looked like. That um you know, determined your experience there. Like I can really recall just like a lot of, a lot of racial stuff that used to pop off yeah. in the spring and always culminated with, you know, depending on where the history books left off, World War II, you knew that. It was like this expectation, like, oh. Did you read, did you read what I posted on uh, Facebook a couple of weeks ago about like how like I was like cornered I'm by the security guard all the time? You were so, what? So, like, um, there was a security guard at um, Plymouth White Marsh High School, and I think he's passed away since then. And, like, he would always be trying to catch us because we were smoking cigarettes in the bathroom, you know? The old guy. The old guy with yeah. the hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, he was racist. Racist as all hell. And, like, he would, like, pull me aside and, like, start making, like, racist remarks about students that I was friends with and, like, saying how he had such disdain for them and, like, w like uh, vetting me and then also trying to get me to like agree with him because I felt like he knew like what we were doing in there smoking, you know? And like, I, I hadn't thought about that in so long, but it was just the oddest thing that like that, you know, like he chose that moment to, to inflict his will upon us. But like, I do, I do understand what you're saying though. It's just like, you know, also too, like where you live geographically and stuff like that. But it just sucks, man. It's just like, it's like, and also to like, if you think about like what kids have to go through today, like not just like, with the current state of the world, but can you imagine like if we had social media in the nineties? Like, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't even know what we would do. There was, there were, I was thinking about it. I think you and I had, um, 
you know, exchange some messages uh, on Instagram. And I, and I was really thinking like, if we had Instagram through about 30, just 30% of the shenanigans that went down at that school, they would probably shut down the entire internet. And, and yeah. it's interesting because even though like we're talking about things now, like I experienced my first queer person at PW. We just never mm-hmm. paid any attention to it because it was just like, oh, that's just X, Y, and Z. And they're always in our bathroom. Like who cares? It doesn't bother us. Who cares? Um, I experienced, you know, racism at colonial middle school. Um, when uh, we had a lynch list that went down before we went to Mermaid Lake and one of my friends. Oh my God. I, it was, do you remember Christ. that? Do you remember that? Like it was, it was terrible. I remember, I remember they found the list and then like, it was like a big deal. Like the, um, the you, school, like didn't the school throw like a, an assembly for it or something like to talk no. about? No, they threw nothing. That's not the right thing. <laughs> that would be the right thing to do to talk about it. They threw nothing at us. We had a uh, a teacher at Colonial Middle School where they we because the cool kids sit in the back of the bus. This is what you do, right? And the teacher made a comment along the lines of, "Oh, they spent so much time fighting to not sit on the back of the bus. They need to be ashamed of themselves." But didn't realize that some of us were in earshot of him saying that. Like what? It, it was, that's <laughs> why so I'm like, wait, um, Jesus. I'm very grateful for the education that I got from that particular school system. But when I tell you yeah. that the shenanigans that people would say and just like, you could, you, we didn't know. I think I posted this a few weeks ago, was it? Yeah, a few weeks ago on my Instagram page where we weren't sure of, we weren't aware of the term white privilege. Like we didn't know what that was because it really wasn't a thing. You just knew what it was when you saw it. But mm-hmm. like a couple of people commented just like we were just having the same conversation. Black people who went to PW, we had this same conversation on my page too, where the experiences, even for classes afterwards, that they were so similar where it's just like, oh, it really was a tale of two schools because depending on what you look like, you had a great time. But then if yeah. you did, it's just like you were. Well, what we're we gonna do today? I don't know. Let's, let's find something else. You know, you really just blew. Like I, I, I remember that. I haven't thought of that uh, Colonial Middle School lynch list. We were on the way to like Mermaid Lake or something for our class trip, yep. right? Yep. And it was the, like you know there was no internet, but that was like the internet then. Like we're like, oh, did you hear what's out there? And like I remember being like. I don't even like. I, I'm so embarrassed with the fact that my education growing up didn't detail the horrors that our country was. You know, like if like I just it upsets me so much that like I had to I had to find this shit out. Like after I graduated um, high school, I mean I start listening to um, a lot of reggae music mainly because I enjoyed smoking marijuana. But uh, I mean I, I I really listened to Bob's like lyrics and then like I was just like wait a minute like what's he talking about for 400 years and then like I remember like reading this book called Slave Community um in like 1999 and it's it details a a, you know a global like um um recording of like you know various different um institutions of slavery and stuff and I was just like is this this is like really like what our country is all about and then I read um lies that my teacher told me and I was just like Jesus Christ dude and then I became a teacher, right? And then, like, I remember, like, you know, substituting or even teaching classes, um, that which is grazed over the subject. It wasn't until I left public education and then went to private education. I started teaching at the Plymouth Meeting Friends School, which was down the street from Plymouth White Marsh, which was basically, basically, well, excuse me, is or was an abolitionist hall. And uh, Frederick Douglass spoke there, and like, you know, troops had gone through there, and there's uh, access to the underground uh, railway that goes like. Um, like underground through like a Germantown Pike. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to find this out on my own, you know, and like, it's just unfortunate that that, you really, really enraged me right now to remember that list and like, you know, hearing that shit, you know? Wait, wait, because while you're learning all this stuff after the fact, we knew, we we would have arguments. I remember having an argument, and I'm not even gonna say that he's probably not in existence anymore, but we would have arguments 
about like what was in the history books that I had been taught that I had read it in a different history book. It just wasn't in the school's history book. How are you grazing over this? Why are you glancing over this? This actually happened. There's just one sentence. That is not what happened. And if I remember being very angry in middle school and high school, like I was so like, I'm completely over this nonsense because you're half teaching us what's really going on. We used to, um, you know, the, our classmate, um, Mackenzie, she and I. You know, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking of Mackenzie the other day. She was on my bus stop. And she, uh, she, was, she lived the White Marsh Valley Inn or something. Like, the place looked like the White House from the outside. Like, <laughs> had the columns and shit, you know? And yeah, uh, I, I was thinking about her because she was, like, one of my, like, my first, like, crushes. Like, I had a huge crush on her. I don't think she knew. <laughs> if you're listening, Mackenzie, we could have made it work back in the day. <laughs> but um yeah i i, I it's but, funny you, you brought her up because i was driving by literally yesterday and i was thinking of mackenzie thought about her oh like she's on instagram is she yeah her up. but she and i we would we would go and we would we would do public speaking and we would win we would win oratory or what's it called i can't even speak today but speech contest uh, every february one yes. year she won, one year I won. It was like ping-ponging back and forth where we would go to Montgomery County Community College with like a bunch of other different kids and we would write these speeches and then present them. And then I recall this. And nobody from our high school knew about it except for Mr. Lemon who helped, um, I think he helped coordinate it. But like the fact that we had to go outside of the school yeah. that we went to, to figure not even figure out just to learn and experience our culture and then come back and have to fight with the administration and go, you know, Georgia has a different flag. It bothers me to see the Confederate flag sitting there. Do you mind putting the other Georgia state flag on there and being told no hmm. every single year? I don't, I, I can tell you how many times I walked into. Wait, that was in the main office, right? Or, or you walked into the main door. Oh, Jesus Christ. When you walked into the main doors, there was a hall of flags. If you remember that, I remember, I only recall walking through that, um, I guess it's the, the area, I don't know what you call it, the lobby, um, maybe five or six times, because I didn't want to see it. Jesus Christ. You know, and it's like, one of the things that this, this uh, podcast has revealed is the various, okay, so like, if you're somebody who's listening to this podcast and like, you know, um, you're white, like, you're probably feeling like I am right now, just being like, well, like I, when I looked up and saw the flags, I just saw flags. I didn't see a symbol of hate because I was uneducated. But what I can say is that the odd thing about it is like when you looked up and saw, um, you know, the symbol uh, of, of hate, I would look up and see the symbol that I would see that, excuse me, I would look up and see the symbol that was on the car of the Dukes of Hazards, which was just show I yeah. watched growing up and like recently i found the toy i i, I had i kept all my toys as a kid and mm -hmm. i found that toy car and i threw it out uh i, I said i said something like you know I, like basically like what i said there it's just like i didn't know this was a symbol of hate not letting my kids see this you know but to me it was just the dukes of hazards flag mm -hmm. because you know and then and like that's like as we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast that's what i believe is going to be um the change, the catalyst for change that we need is educating people like, no, this is what happened. This is why we are where we are today. And this is how we need to fix it. We need to, we need to have, we need to make sure Linus doesn't have a fold up chair at the table. He needs to sit with us and have the same, you know what I mean? Same stuff. Like, and I just, I hope and I pray that that, that happens, you know, and I can't imagine how it felt like growing up, like, and, and feeling those, like going out and like to, to try to, figure out things about yourself and then coming back to the school that, you know, you went to and not getting support. It must've sucked. But I mean, terrible. You, like, I yeah, it's terrible. You, like if you even just did a random poll and even like I was the president of the black cultural awareness club for one year, the McKenzie was the vice president and then we flipped and then we got voted in. She was president. I was vice president. And it was just the, the weight of just being I, and I think I was more militant than she was too, but just the weight of having every, all of the black kids. I don't know if you've read this book, like why all the black kids sitting in a cafeteria, if you remember. I haven't read it, but I'm aware of it. Yes. 
So I, I'm gonna, I have to buy it for my son. I keep meaning to go out and buy it. But if you remember, even walking into, um, I guess it's the eleven twelve cafeteria, mm-hmm. all sat together. Yeah. And if you were um, a part, and I, and the thing, and I, I really haven't in this whole space, you know, of just being black in America and everything that's happening. I really haven't consciously thinking about my interactions with you guys. So I was with the art club for a little bit, and you yeah. guys were eclectic group you listen to nirvana i know the words of teen spirit because of you guys i like no doubt because of you guys but like it was almost like i had to code switch because i was an art major with you all and there wasn't i think there was one other black girl she was in the classroom and then that was it i was the only like black girl in the group and then i'd be hanging around with you guys and painting and having fun and you know, don't yes. speak, all that stuff. And then it's bang back to like, all right, now we have to fight power and keep peace because you people are losing your mind and you're saying crazy stuff. So I say all that to say that I wish that at that time, and I don't think I could have because I was only like 17, 17 when I graduated, but I wish that I had the capacity to explain to you guys what was yeah. happening because it's funny out of all of the the white kids i think there was only a handful of us that were black inside of the school that graduated anyway out of all of the kids that i've graduated with that weren't black you guys the art major crew are the people that i still keep in contact with yeah you know, and I, I, wish that I had pulled you guys in, a, and I don't know if that's that's just hindsight, where it's just like, no, no, this is why this is happening, and maybe if you guys understood it, then maybe yep. you know you could kind of like permeate what is happening with everybody else, so that we're more comfortable in this space that we call our school, because it's our school. Like I still rep Colonial School, like I peed up, yep. like I love my high school. I don't like the shit that happened at my high school, but yep. I. Wish that I had enough, I don't know. Like I, 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 What you're saying there is very powerful. It, 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 I wish that you would have, I mean, like, look, I mean, at the time in 97, 96, I was definitely listening to, um, you know, the Rizza, the Jizza, you know, Wu-Tang, and I would hear those stories, but those were stories I was hearing on tape. I wasn't hearing a story from somebody that I like loved and care, cared about, you know? And like, I mean, like also too, at the time, like, you know, you can't go back in time and say the coulda, woulda, shoulda scenario. You know what I mean? Like, but it is important what you're saying there. And just like, you know, I just can't believe, you know, like, you know, we went to a school and like you, you said something a while ago that really um, resonated with me is like, you know, the 11, 12 side, you know, there was a table where like um, all the black students sat together, you know? And um, I remember, um, probably being um, maybe about eight or nine years old, mm-hmm. and I, I maybe I, maybe not eight or nine. I'm not really sure. Early, it was early in my elementary um, career, and um, I remember one school year, the, the um, you know getting up, getting ready for school, eating breakfast, getting on the bus, and I got on the bus and I noticed somebody I I hadn't met before, and I was fascinated by him, and uh, we had lots of things in common. We both like Captain America and, you know, we, we, we sat and chatted, um, every uh, morning on the way to school and his name is Barton Lochner. And, um, oh, Bart. yeah, I, I remember that day like crystal, crystal clear, like getting on the bus and seeing Barton and being like, Oh, I want to be his friend, you know? And like, it just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like to like a white young kid, a white kid's mind. It's just, you know, like, like you're not born with hate. It's like institutionalized. It's systematically, you know, somebody doesn't come out of the womb. Like, I hate this, you know, I'm going to go get this, you know, like yeah. it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And it's like, that's what we need is we need reform and we need to be able to tell people like the truth about like how our country was formed, why these statues are coming down, why this is happening, you know, and like, what are we really going to do to make sure that this continues? And that's what I'm, I'm most passionate about is the, the fact that, you know, we can't allow the news cycle to just control us. We need to be able to take our own um, voices into consideration. And, you know, I've told you before, I've considered running for a, a political office myself. They'll probably come after me, you know, going through 256 episodes of the podcast. They may find some dirt, but you know what? Don't give a shit. Come get me because 
You know, I mean, like there needs to be more truth in our um, society. And um, I really appreciate you coming on the show and um, sharing your story with me today. Um, my, my son uh, keeps like egging me to come out and jump in the pool with him. But I just wanted to say that I appreciate you. I appreciate our friendship over the years. I've always enjoyed seeing you. And like I said, at the beginning of the show, I don't remember when we met. The first thing I remember, there was your smile. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, it resonates with me all these years later. And um, I appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, thank you. This is my first podcast. So you know what? You did a really good job for the first podcast. because there's I a watch it all the time. There might have been three or four moments during this, this entire podcast where, like, not only did you, like, like you really made me, like, um, intrinsically think deeper about, like my youth and like the understanding of race in this country. And, you know, I'm going to reflect on it and I'm going to continue to um, put out podcasts that, you know, speak these truths because I believe that, you know, posting something is one thing, but to actually hear it and to, you know, hear it come from somebody's like soul, like, you know, and deep down, like how they feel it's, 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 it's dynamic and it's important towards um, the necessary change we need to make right now in our country. That sounded like a politician right there, didn't it? it, it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you I, I'd probably make you my running mate without doubt though um, no. or, or you would run and I would be your running mate that would be even I better I do not want to be that far out in the public eye like I know nothing about that, that you know, I, I, didn't get off the I feel the same about that too it's like you know I mean oh man I, I was ready to just jump into a whole nother topic that's going to be a sequel topic but that means that we're going to have to bring you back on the show again for a future episode <laughs> definitely do that um i hope that you enjoy uh, the, your uh, your holiday weekend you deserve it um kick back relax uh don't go out to eat don't go to a nail salon <laughs> outside is not open i don't care what they say outside is not open <laughs> but it's been great uh, i appreciate you amber thanks for coming on the show thank you, bob thank you for inviting me my name is bob and this has been another episode of bobcast <laughs>